This is Nick Sakevich, Commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Schreiber. Snyder with scores! Now it's Brian Cadell scores! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. All right, welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. I'm Hutton Jackson. I'm usually joined by my co-host, Adam Moore. Adam Moore is currently sick right now, but uh, we do have a guest on our show today. It's Adam Levy. Uh, so another Adam is joining us. Uh, he is an NLL highlight editor as well as a writer for NLL.com. So you've probably seen a lot of his stuff uh, through the NLL social channels as well as Lacrosse Flash. So if you guys are, are big fans of Lacrosse Flash, you've probably seen his stuff on all of those channels. Uh, but Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Hutton. Really appreciate uh, you you wanting to have me on and talk some lacrosse. Yeah, no, we, I think in particular we wanted to talk about uh, this Vegas game. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Before we do, let's recap all the scores with our fast break. In one of the first games of the weekend, we had the Georgia Swarm defeating the Philadelphia Wings 12-11. Also on Friday, the Rochester Nighthawks fell to the Buffalo Bandits 16-15 in overtime. And the Halifax Thunderbirds received their first loss of the season with the Toronto Rock defeating them 12-9. On Saturday, we had two games. The Vancouver Warriors traveled east and upset the New England Black Wolves 10-6. And in our Lax Vegas game, or the Sin City Showdown, as Teddy Jenner likes to call it, the San Diego Seals defeated the Colorado Mammoth 17-10. So that's your fast break from this weekend. Now let's hit our quick stick and recap some news from around the leagues. We'll start in the PLL. They announced their Week 5 tour stop. They will be headed to the Ford Center at the Star in Dallas, Texas. Their first time in Texas. The Ford Center uh, has hosted a few MLL championships in the past and most recently housed the Dallas Rattlers. Um, and in some MLL news, you know it's expected that the Dallas Rattlers will move and they might be the team headed to Fairfield, Connecticut because our Pro Lacrosse Talk contributor Dan Arestia has talked to a few sources and they say that Fairfield University will be home to one of the MLL teams. So we're not sure which team will be moving there. Uh, we've heard that the Atlanta Blaze may be moving to Philadelphia. Um, it sounds like the Dallas Rattlers or the Denver Outlaws could be moving to Fairfield, Connecticut. Um, that is all speculation at this point. But Fairfield University is expected to be home to one of the MLL franchises. And in some more MLL news, Boston Cannons head coach Sean Quirk has announced he will return as head coach of the Boston Cannons. So he is staying in the MLL, and that is obviously a great sign for Cannons fans and for the MLL as a whole. And then in the NLL, we had some milestones. Lyle Thompson reached the 400 career points mark. Jordan Hall reached the 500 career assist point. And Jordan McIntosh reached the 200 career assist point in that game on Friday. Despite the loss, Joe Nardella went 15 for 17 and got his first goal for the Black Wolves. And in the biggest milestones from the weekend, Ryan Banesh moved up the all-time leading goal scorer list with 445. He is now 8th overall. And finally, Sean Evans recorded 4 assists, which puts his career total at 779, passing John Grant Jr. for 5th all-time in assists in the NLL. So that's your quick stick. Now, Adam, without further ado, let's dive into these NLL games from Week 10. Let's you know first start off with uh, the Thunderbirds go down. They are taken down by the Rock. Uh, Toronto went into this game missing five guys, including Tom Schreiber, and you know facing their toughest challenge yet uh, in the undefeated Thunderbirds. Um, and the first six minutes of this game were, were pretty sloppy. 
Uh, it wasn't until the 9.02 mark that the Thunderbirds struck first uh, on a feed from Ryan Banesh to a diving Kyle Jackson on the power play. Um, but then, you know, the, the Rock would respond. Dan Dawson had a diving goal of his own. Uh, and, you know, they just kind of outbattled the, the Thunderbirds in this one. Um, they kind of took it to them. They were, you know, tenacious on the loose balls. Um, Halifax would tie it up early in the second quarter, and they'd take a 4-3 lead. But after that, it was, you know, pretty much the, the Rock in command. Um, they would take a, a 7-4 lead heading into the half, thanks to Challen Rogers' overhand rip at the buzzer. Um, and, you know, the Thunderbirds had been in this situation before, trailing at half. Um, so, you know, they're they're not ones to not make halftime adjustments, but, you know, the Rock just kept taking it to them. They would take a 10-5 mid-quarter lead, and then with 40, 40 seconds left in the third, uh, Rob Hellier had a nasty outside rip uh, off hip to give the Rock an 11-5 lead heading into the fourth, and they never really looked back from that. Uh, they would win 12-9. Um, but, you know, we finally see the Thunderbirds uh, lose one here. What were your takeaways, I guess, from this one, Adam? Well, I think one of the keys, and we've kind of seen this uh, from The Rock throughout the season, is that without Schreiber and Jones, like you mentioned, it's they've needed other guys to step up. And they really had that uh, with Domini and also with Zach Mans, who, who Mans has been a great contributor for the team all season. Um, so that next up mentality has really proved to be a, a key asset of the Rock. And of course, Nick Rose, who was phenomenal in that uh, 42 saves, faced 51 shots. Uh, you can't ask a lot more from him. Uh, and to go against Warren Hill, who only had 37 saves, you know, uh, Hill has been, to many people, has been the MVP, not only the goalie of the year, but the MVP of the league. So to match him one-on-one, you know, Nick Rose's resume is fantastic. So I guess you can expect great play from him. Uh, but they needed every bit of what Rose did and what those young guys were doing uh, in order for them to match the then undefeated Halifax Thunderbirds. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head with Nick Rose. And, you know, I have to give credit, too, to Dan Dawson, who looks, you know, ageless out there. He recorded a hat trick. And, um, you know, it was actually a typical game that we saw from the Thunderbirds. You know, they, they kind of got down uh, going into the half. They kind of responded a little bit. It's not like they, they didn't fight back, but um, the lead that the Rock gained in the third quarter was just kind of too much for them. Um, you know, credit to the Rock for really making uh, do of those big possessions at the end of each quarter. You know, they had a big, you know, one we mentioned at the buzzer uh, going into the half. And then, you know, with 40 seconds left in the third, uh, that kind of, you know, gave them the momentum heading into the fourth quarter. Um, and they were able to hang on. So a big win for the Rock. we got to give them some credit. We haven't talked about them uh, recently so a lot. So um, kudos to them for getting the big win and, you know, knocking down the Thunderbirds. This was really a game of runs, too, uh, kind of like you mentioned. Uh, you know, it was back and forth. Toronto started out. Uh, Halifax answered, then it went back and forth, and then the run for Toronto in that third was just uh, too much for Halifax to match at the end, although, as you mentioned, I think that the character that is now instilled in this Halifax Thunderbirds team really came out in that fourth quarter, and it felt like they had a, they were going to have a chance to, to tie it up. Um, so, you know, good for them to, to make that surge, and I know they would have liked to have a few more goals and, and sneak out that extra win, but showing that fight in the fourth quarter was, uh, I think, a really good character builder. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they pulled within two late in the game, uh, you know, and the, the Rock defense kind of held steady uh, and, you know, had a late empty netter to give them the 12-9 win. But, yeah, you know, I don't think this Thunderbirds uh, is, you know, worried at all. You know, definitely, like you said, they would have liked to have gotten the win, but um, I think they're they're still on the right track, uh, you know, to to take command of this North division. Um, but, yeah, the Rock are right there with them. Um, and then, you know, another another team that, you know, had a big win in the North was the Bandits at the Nighthawks. 
again, this rivalry is still alive and well despite the Nighthawks being, you know, an expansion franchise. Um, and, you know, the Bandits get another win, second straight win off an overtime goal from Corey Small. Um, Adam, the Bandits just keep squeaking out these huge wins. Who kind of stood out to you in this one? Uh, well, you know, I think that one player who stood out to me, not just in this game, and he was magnificent in his past game, but but throughout this season has been Chris Cloutier. Uh, his four goals and four assists and a plus 10 in the plus minus stat uh, in this one in only 18 minutes. Um, you know, he just uh, keeps piling it on and he had key goals. Uh, he had um, the uh, game tying goal at 15-15 with the extra attacker, uh, had another goal earlier, uh, two other goals, excuse me, in the fourth quarter. Um, so he really delivered in the clutch and, you know, he's really stepped up and proving that that trade that they had with the wings uh you know, has really paid off for them. Obviously, we don't know how it's going to work for the Wings yet. They've got Ryan Wagner there uh, right now, but they have a number, a first-round draft pick coming up uh, next season, so it'll be interesting, or two seasons from now, the 2021 draft. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. So he's been great. The addition of uh, Garrett Billings is huge. What he did with San Diego last season, uh, he had a plus 11 in this game uh, with the uh, with the Nighthawks. You had mentioned the physicality of the Nighthawks, and, you know, we've seen that in the past few games. You know, we saw it with that huge brawl, essentially. I guess you could call it a brawl at the end of the Philadelphia Wings game where things got a little out of hand, and then obviously some physical uh, play in this one against the Bandits. And I think that, you know, obviously the staff and the players are going to say it's a building process. We're an expansion team, but losing is frustrating, and obviously I think that that's starting to come out in their physical play. Yeah, no, and it's a shame because the, the Nighthawks really put together a, a, a big game. I just don't think they get enough, Um, you know, they don't have enough depth. I mean, you had Holden Katoni with 10 points. He had a hat trick in this game. Uh, you know, Sean Evans had four goals, four assists. So, you know, they're getting production out of their big guys. Um, But, you know, they ran into, you know, a solid goaltender in Matt Vince. You know, he had 50 saves, uh, even though he allowed 15 shots. Um, And, you know, that, that was kind of the story for them. You know, they... They had Fryer, who who got pulled midway through the game, and you know he made only 28 saves and let in 10. And then uh, Wendy came in, so they've been doing that uh, dual goal tandem. And I feel like they they right now they don't really have a, a number one. They kind of have you know two number twos. So um, that's kind of been their Achilles heel at least in late in games. Um, but you know I think they're on the right track. They've been playing well. Um, it's kind of tough to see them fall on the the wrong side of the the win column, but uh, you know I think they'll they'll start to string some together. They're just in a tough North Division. Yeah, their their primary scorers, like you mentioned, uh, they're really stepping up. The Holden Gatonis, the Sean Evans, uh, they have a really young defense, but I think that they've endured pretty well so far. Uh, goaltending has been the challenge. You know, both of those guys, if I if I have my stats right, I think they're both allowing. Uh, over 13 uh, goals allowed a game and I think that you know that that has to change you know the the target number uh, for goals to score that will generally get you wins is 12 Uh, obviously it seems like a lot more this year with the way the games are becoming so low scoring uh, whether it's because of defense or great goaltending which we've seen a lot of Uh, but yeah that's going to have to change Uh, Wendy has had some really great performances Uh, building consistency within him I think will be key but also Steve Fryer is is a very capable goaltender and I know talking to Pat Coyle as much as I I used to when I was covering the Colorado Mammoth as their beat writer that um, he said when Fryer left that 
that he thought that Fryer has the potential to easily be a starting goaltender in this league. And we saw it when he filled in for Dylan Ward so many nights on a back-to-back or when Dylan needed a rest. So he's capable. It's just who's going to start producing at a more consistent level like we've seen from guys like Zach Higgins or um, Warren Hill in Halifax. No, for sure. Consistency is key. Um, let's go to another game that you were actually gotten to attend. Uh, the big ticket item of the weekend was the game in Las Vegas between the Seals and the Mammoth. Uh, Austin Stotts makes his 2020 debut. He looked a little timid uh, to start, but you know he kind of got a little bit more comfortable as the game went along. He finished with two assists and a goal. Um, and you know this this was really uh, a testament to how the Seals have kind of battled back this season. You know it's nice to see Casey Jackson getting involved uh, after coming back. This was his second game back. Um, you know, and they 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 responded. Mammoth got off to early three one lead in the first quarter, um, but then the Seals got three goals early in the second to take that four three lead. Um, and it was a little bit back and forth. And you know, then the the biggest play of the the weekend uh, was when captain of the San Diego Seals Brody Merrill had a buzzer beater. He buried a full field empty netter um, that would I would consider the best deep ball of the Super Bowl weekend. Sorry, Pat Mahomes and Jimmy G. Um, but uh, Adam, you were present at the game. What was it like witnessing that goal in person? Yeah, it was uh, from the beginning of the game, the energy was uh, fantastic. Obviously, you know, being able to be in the players' tunnel and kind of see see the players get energized before the game uh, was really great. And I think that, you know, the PLLs, you know, RJ Kaminsky, who who does great work with great video work, you know, he um, he was there at the game. So it's great to see a PLL presence. And he was doing some work covering the, the San Diego Seals and the experience. Uh, obviously, some PLL players like Connor Fields on, on that roster. But uh, the energy for the 4,800 that was the announced attendance was was fairly boisterous. Um, and that was great to see for the first game ever in Las Vegas. Uh, there were a lot of fans that traveled from Denver and, and other parts of Colorado, as well as San Diego and other parts of so- Southern California. So, uh, you know, to see that kind of contingent travel for their team, I think was great. But um, I brought my fiance uh, to the game. It was her first ever NLL game. And she got a ticket uh, last second. And she said that the line uh, about 10 minutes before game time was around the, the concourse. So that idea that, you know, fans can just trickle in if they don't want to gamble anymore, they want to check out a new show, which everyone wants to see a show in Vegas, uh, that that appealed to them uh, in that moment. So that's really great to see. And, you know, MGM has expressed interest in, in buying an NLL team. And if they go through and do that, the facilities at MGM are, are top notch in Vegas. Uh, and I think that the experience in the Orleans uh, was you know, everything you could have hoped for, you know, even though uh, it was about a 65% capacity in the arena, it felt like it was much more full than that. And it was, it was just a really cool experience. You mentioned the the Brody Merrill goal. Um, yeah, it was kind of, uh, you didn't know what was happening. And it happened right at the end of the, the half. And, and to go in right as the buzzer sounded, it was, uh, it was surprising. But I think that it really energized the crowd even more for that second half. Yeah, no, for sure, and it kind of gave the Seals some momentum, and, you know, they would get get out to, you know, a solid lead. Uh, they led 12-7, heading into the fourth, um, and you never really, they never really looked back. Um, so a disappointing, you know, loss for the Mammoth, who, 
Um, you know, I still think they're one of the top teams in this West division, but, uh, you know, they've kind of strung together uh, some bad losses recently. And, you know, Dylan Ward got pulled with nine minutes left in the fourth in this one. I don't think we really need to worry about him. I think he's still, you know, elite goaltender. But, it, you know, they haven't really been able to put together complete games recently, which is what they were kind of known for uh, at the start of the season. So what are you – does anything kind of worry you from the Mammoth right now? Uh, well, obviously, uh, particularly now that Pat Coyle is the uh, the GM and head coach, uh, you know, it's a lot of responsibility for him. Um, but no one in that Colorado organization uh, is going to be happy with allowing 17 goals in a game, uh, especially Pat Coyle, who is such a strong defensive mind like he is. Um, I thought that that was uh, really surprising. Um, you know, we've expected that they're still growing on offense. They have a lot of young offensive pieces um, kind of putting everything together, uh, not just, um, you know, on on one night necessarily, but having more more than one guy score a bunch of goals on different nights. You know, it's great to see Eli McLaughlin go on a stretch or Kyle Killen, but you need everyone to be contributing on every night. You know, Joey Capito, Chris Wardle have had their moments this season. Um, but if everyone's not contributing on that offensive end, um, you know, it just seems like they're being outmatched a little bit offensively. And I expect more of a strong defensive effort. I mean, even if you look at that uh, Warriors game that they lost, you know, they, they only allowed seven goals. That's, um, that's really impressive, but it just, uh, it hurts when the other guy on the other end is only allowing five. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, disappointing loss for them, but you know, this, this West is wide open. Um, and you know, there's some other notable, notable results from around the league. Uh, the swarm took on the wings and they got a critical win over the wings on uh, Shane Jackson records another hat trick. Uh, that's his seventh straight game this season with a hat trick. Uh, it's unbelievable what he's been able to do. The consistency he's brought, brought, the consistency that he's brought to this Swarm team, and they keep pace in this East Division. They're sitting at four and three, currently in third, but only half a game behind New England and Philadelphia in the standings. So you know they're they're right there. They get a big win on the road against Philly, and finally another game from this weekend that also had big implications was the Warriors taking on the Black Wolves in New England. The Warriors get their second straight win off a huge performance from Eric Penny. He had 55 saves and only allowed six goals. It's amazing just the parity that we've seen in this league. And Mitch Jones just shows no signs of slowing down. He recorded five points in this one. Again, he looks to be the MVP uh, right now. He just shows no signs of slowing down at any time soon. And, you know, Warriors get another crucial victory only allowing six goals. They've only allowed 11 goals in the past two games. So Eric Penny has cemented himself as the guy in Vancouver. Uh, obviously, they released Aaron Bold a few weeks ago. So that was a you know a pretty public move to show that Penny is their guy, and he's backed it up with his performances in net. But as a whole, Adam, what were your takeaways from Week 10? Uh, well, you mentioned the parody. Uh, you know, it's I had tweeted something out um, on my Twitter at Adam Levy Sports uh, about how uh, the league is so close this year. Uh, in each division, you know, it's there's no uh, separation between the top teams. It's either point five or or one and a half games in the West Division. So, you know, I usually talk to a lot of players and coaches and, you know, I get the same answer because it's a very political thing to say, to be like, oh yeah, every team's tough. It's going to be a tough battle. But, you know, when you really get down to it and you talk to the players, sometimes off the record, you know, the way that 
the expansion draft has allowed teams, expansion teams to build and, you know, the way that the schedule is, you know, I think that we are seeing a real sense of parity in this league um, and that there is a lot of incredible talent that's spread throughout and we're really seeing how competitive it can be. And the West is wide open. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who eventually takes it. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I agree 100%. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. All right, so we have our Prolax Throwback segment, a segment we started a few weeks ago. Uh, we have another installment. This time we're headed to the NLL, and uh, since we have Adam Levy here, uh, we're going to talk Adam Jones's sock trick from 2016. Uh, you actually got to witness that firsthand. Let's first hear the call from that final goal um, that gave him that sock trick. John Grant Jr. in front of the net. Crawford still with it. Jones fires, and he scores! You could not write a script like this. And the socks are flying. Throw the socks. Adam Jones. Sock trick. Again at Pepsi Center. Vancouver Stout played that almost as, as good as you can. Really drove Crawford all the way around the net. Hit a potential shot from the point. Didn't take that. Drove around the net. Outside shot. Again, low to that glove. Underneath that left-hand glove. One second left. One second on the clock. They will probably put a couple tenths back on, as you see there. Surely not enough time once the cleanup happens for Vancouver to get possession and go back down. But, fellas, there are heartbreaking situations that happen in sports, and this is one of them. Let's hear from Mark Ardonio tonight. Scrucci, if he's trying to talk. It's good. And the goal is good. Six goals. For that man in the fourth quarter, the sixth was a game winner. So that's the the goal that gave him six. Uh, he had all those in the fourth quarter. Um, Adam Levy, tell us what was going through your mind when you saw this happen and unfold. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was incredible to see, you know, when you're watching goal after goal go in, it's one of those things where you're like, is this really happening right now? And I know that when you had asked uh, a bunch of contributors in the league for their moment of the decade, uh, for me, uh, with my history of lacrosse, you know, I was started to thoroughly follow the NLL about four or five years ago, and this was you know, kind of an early introduction to me as to what a player can really do. Um, and, and boy, was it, was it a treat, you know? Um, and when I talked to Adam Jones about it, you know, for him, it was all about like, he felt like something was special that night, but he was also, as he mentioned, he was kind of just throwing things at the net and it was just working out Mm -hmm. for him. Sometimes that's what you got to do. You know, you've got guys who are shooting 12 to 16 shots a night and, Sometimes they're falling, sometimes they aren't. And for him, it was just, you know, uh, there was just a, something in the in the magic of the uh, the Pepsi Center that uh, just brought this team together and made something really special. So I think that to to watch someone get a, a sock trick all within one quarter, I'm not sure that we'll ever see something as dramatic as that, especially him getting his last goal with uh, one second on the clock and then getting a hat trick in 27 seconds. Um, you know, if you ever get a chance to look it up on YouTube, it's it's really incredible, and uh, it's definitely a reason why I love the game of lacrosse and the NLL in particular. Yeah, no, he has the fastest hat trick uh, of all time in the NLL with 27 seconds. Uh, he also scored the most goals in the fourth quarter with six, um, and that last one he had was the game winner, so they, they would win 11-10 against Vancouver uh the Vancouver Stealth at the time. So yeah, what a what a great moment for the Colorado Mammoth uh, fans and the NLL in general. Um, so that's our Prolax Throwbacks moment of this week. You know, you can check out uh, Adam Levy's article on our website as well, and he kind of he talked to Adam Jones about what was going through his head. So you get a little bit of an inside look on what was going through Adam Jones's head when he was scoring those six goals in that fourth quarter. So that wraps up our Prolax Throwback segment. Uh, another article on our website is Dan Arestia's interview with Romar Dennis. Drew Snyder, Pat Harbison, and Sergio Salcido. He talked to them about what it was like going unprotected from their teams and what they expect going into 2020. We are currently less than a week away till Andy Copeland will draft this Water Dogs team, and the odds are looking really good that Romar Dennis, Drew Snyder, Pat Harbison, and Sergio Salcido will all be on this Water Dogs squad. Um, some really great comments from them. Some understood, you know, going unprotected, but we're left a little bit bitter. Others were, you know, motivated even more to, you know, really put in the work this offseason to prove their former team wrong. And, you know, other players are, you know, looking forward to a reunion. You know, Drew Snyder uh, was actually recruited by Andy Copeland, so he has some history there. Uh, You know, Pat Harbison and Sergio Salcido both felt like they were going to be protected, but they're also looking forward to, you know, maybe seeing an increased role on their new teams. And then Romar Dennis also felt like, you know, he was underutilized on his team, he had a lot of things to say uh, about how he was treated with the Chrome, um, so you definitely don't want to miss uh, any of their comments. Uh, with that, that wraps up our podcast this week. Uh, Adam, I want to thank you for joining us again. I really appreciate you coming in and uh, talking some NLL lacrosse with us, uh, and uh, you know, hopefully you enjoyed your experience with uh, on the Pro Lacrosse Talk podcast as well. I definitely did, and thank you for finding uh, another Adam to fill in. Um, we had to do a lot of Adam talk with Adam Jones as uh, as my moment uh, to talk about, so it's, it's good to give Adam some credit today. And uh, Hutton, 
Uh, thank you for, you know, doing this podcast and continuing the growth of the game the way that you do. It's really important that as many people as possible are talking about the sport and giving these guys the credit that they deserve because we can't ever forget that they're professional athletes, just like guys from the NBA, the NHL, NFL, whatever it is. We are a professional sports league, and hopefully one day we can be a part of something really great like those other leagues are. No, absolutely. I appreciate that. And, you know, you keep up the good work, too. Um, everyone, you should check out Adam Levy Sports on Twitter. He has probably at least 10 NLL facts a day. Um, some great, you know, tidbits on what's going around the league, um, whether it's stats or, you know, some pers- players' perspectives as well. Um, and you can find a lot of his articles on NLL.com and lacrosseflash.com as well. So, Adam, thank you again for joining us, uh, and uh, we really appreciate it. Um, And we hope you all enjoyed this episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today.